the Christian faith and the Christian life is all about Christ. It's about Jesus. And uh, sometimes people, even who are Christians, kind of lose sight of the fact that Jesus is the one that we honor. He is the one we love. He's the one that we follow. He's unique in every possible way. In fact, the Bible, when it says, the, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, the word for only begotten there is the word that means unique, one and only. And Jesus is unique. He is he is our Savior. Now, you can talk about God in generic terms almost anywhere in our culture today, and people will nod approvingly for the most part, unless they are just uh, uh, militant atheists. But when you start talking about Jesus, everything kind of changes. It all gets quiet. I've been told at places, you know, when be asked to pray at some kind of city function or civic function, or even at a football game, and say, now, you, you can pray. We want you to pray, but don't mention Jesus. Don't say anything about Jesus. And, of course, I say, well, I, you know, I can't pray then because that's who I'm talking to. Uh, I'm not, if I'm praying, I'm praying to Jesus. He's the one to, that I'm addressing. So uh, uh, Jesus is offensive today. And uh, why so? Why is he offensive? Well, it's not because he lived a corrupt life. Uh, to tell you the honest truth, when you think about Muhammad, there are a lot of things in Muhammad's life, his cruelty, his, uh, his uh, marriage to so many women and things like that, uh, and even to a child bride. Uh, there are a lot of things in Muhammad's life that are offensive because of behavior, but nothing like that in Jesus' life. Even the pilot, the even Pilate, who was the governor before whom he was brought, after Pilate examined him, his conclusion was, "I, I find no fault in this man." And uh, uh, Jesus is offensive today because he is the only way of salvation, and. Uh, most people today will say, well, you know, I, I think it's all right to be a Christian just so you don't judge other people and so you don't say to other people, your religion is not true. But Jesus is the one who said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And then so you couldn't misunderstand, he said, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so it's that message that made Christianity so offensive in the first century. It's that message that makes Christianity offensive today. But again, as Christians, we are not condemning other people. We're just declaring what our Savior said. And so when Jesus was here on earth, he lived an absolutely perfect life. He did not sin ever in any way in word, thought, deed, motive, or action, and even because of that, people hated him. But it was when he declared who he was that people really began to hate him. And we've been looking at the Gospel of John. We looked at chapter 5. We're in chapter 5. And we saw last week and a couple of weeks before that that Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath day, a man who had been 
crippled, paralyzed for 38 years, and Jesus just said to him, get up, take up your mat, and walk, and he did. And because of that, the people hated Jesus because he did that, such a mighty miracle, but also because he did it on the Sabbath day. And so the rules, the regulations of the Jewish authorities were such that they said, you're not allowed to work on the Sabbath. And this man, you told him to get up and take up his mat and walk, and that's against the law. Instead of rejoicing and being thrilled that uh, a, a man had been healed after 38 years of paralysis, they said, uh, no, you, you have violated our traditions and our law. And so Jesus then said, and we looked at this last week, he said, my father is working until now, and I am working. And when he said that, to us, it, it, it doesn't really mean to us when we see it what it meant to them. What it meant to the Pharisees was that God, the Father, is working. That is, it's all right for God to sustain the universe and to do work on the Sabbath day. And Jesus said, and I am working. And so they understood that what he was saying was that he was actually equal with God. And then actually he was saying that he was God on earth in a human body. And they hated him for that. And by the way, the world will hate you today, um, m many parts of the world, if you make that same statement. The Muslims will hate you if you say that Jesus is the Son of God and that he is divine, that he is God in the flesh, and even many professing Christians uh, will hate you if you say that. So he says, this is why the Jews were seeking to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling his own father, God, making himself equal with God. And we said last week that it is absolutely essential for us to understand, know, and believe with all our heart that Jesus was not just a wonderful person. He was not just even a sacrifice for our sin. He was not even just a wonderful, ethical, religious leader. He was, in fact, and is, in fact, God. And so uh, much, of, much of the Gospel of John is going to emphasize that. In fact, they st John starts off by saying, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So there's a sense in which there is this divine essence to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We talked about that a good bit last week. But that the, the Son is with the Father, but the Son is also God. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. You listen to last week's message if you want to hear an explanation about the Trinity. So, so Jesus said, I am working just like my Father. They understood that he was making himself equal with God. And then Jesus said to them, this is verse 19, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. 
For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. And we talked about this some last week as well, that, that the Son, while he was here on earth, in, his, in the human body of Jesus of Nazareth, he lived his entire life by constant dependent faith on the Father. He lived by looking into the heavenlies and seeing what the Father is doing, and then he said, that's what I do. I only do those things that I see my Father doing. And by the way, did you know that's the way we are, as Christians, we're supposed to live our life? We're to live our life not trying to figure everything out, but we're to walk by faith, and faith is seeing what God is doing. When Jesus taught us to pray, he said the first part of the prayer is, Hallowed be thy name. Uh, and he said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, God has a perfect will that's being done in heaven. He has a perfect will for my life. He has a perfect plan for my life. And I am to live by faith and seeing by faith what God's will is. And I'm to walk. In that will. And that's the way Jesus lived his entire life. His entire life he lived by seeing what the Father is doing, thinking and saying, and he did, thought, and said those very things. So he said, For the Father loves the Son, and he shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. Jesus said, I'm living in total dependence on the Father. I'm walking in perfect obedience to the Father. And I am watching with perfect clarity what the Father does. And that's what I do. And he said, the things that I've done so far, you're amazed at. Healing this man, uh, crippled man for 38 years. But he said, greater things, greater things than these uh, uh, will he show him so that you may marvel? And I tell you, when you read the story of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, it is just miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And I've often thought how, how amazing it is that people could see Jesus do these things. I was just reading this morning about him feeding the 5,000 men with their families. How could people be a part, observe such a miracle as that? And how could they observe him raising people from the dead, cleansing lepers, opening the eyes of blind people? How could they see all that and, and not want to be his follower? It, it, it's amazing. Anybody have an answer to that? <laughs> I, I just try to think, you know, even if I were not a believer, if I lived in that time and I saw him do the things that he did, I would have to believe he is different than anybody else. And when Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, he started off by saying, we know we know that nobody could do the things you do unless God was with him. 
And so people could see his miracles. And I've often wondered, even the people that he fed, the 5,000 that he fed, and the people that he uh, healed, were they in the crowd on that day when Pilate said, Whom will I release to you, Barabbas or Jesus? And were they shouting, Give us Barabbas and crucify Jesus? It, it, it absolutely bumfuzzles me how people could see his life and his ministry and still have such a hatred for him. It has to be somewhat motivated by Satan himself. And then it has to just be because of the total blindness of the unsaved heart. Because there are people out here today that when you tell them about Jesus, they just look at you with disdain. And uh, I talk to some people who their reaction is against Christ is because they've known so many Christians and they've known so many hypocrites and they've been mistreated or done wrong in the name of Jesus. But I tell them, don't look at the followers of Jesus. Look at Jesus. He never, he never sinned. And then he demonstrated his love for us and that he took our sin and he paid the debt of our sin. So he said, these greater works than these, you'll see, so that you may marvel. And that's what I thought. Just surely the people did marvel. I've thought about being a Pharisee in that day and time, being Caiaphas or Annas or one of the leaders of the Sanhedrin. How could they deny that Jesus was divine? But they did. And then he says, For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. He says, To show you that I am divine, that I am not just a man, that I am God, the Son, what the Father does, I do. The works that he does, I do those works. And he says, what he does, he gives life. And the Son also gives life. If you are a Christian today, it is because Jesus not only gave his life for you and rose again, but it is he gave his life to you. That's what it means to become a Christian, is that you actually receive eternal life. Jesus said, I will give unto them eternal life. That doesn't just mean everlasting life. Did you know that everybody has everlasting life? <clears throat> everybody is going to live forever. Somewhere. And those who do not know Jesus, they're going to live forever in torment and judgment. But eternal life 
is not just the length of life, it is kind of life. It is the quality of life. It is God's own quality of life. In other words, when you became a Christian, you received into your own being a quality of life that you did not have. You were dead in trespasses and sin, the Bible says. But God made you alive and gave you life. And Jesus said, "That's the Father does that, and that's what I do. The Father gives life, I give life. And that's why the rest of John 3.16 says that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Life, real life, genuine life, God's quality of life. And what this implies, or what it actually means, is that people before they come to Christ do not have life. That's why Jesus said, I am the life. We're told in John, again, back in John chapter 1, the opening verses of this, that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and by him all things were made that were made. Without him nothing was made that was made. But he says, in him was life. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. He had in himself eternal life. So he could give eternal life to those who would believe in him. Oh, it's just so, so vital to understand that, that we do not receive heaven, we do not receive eternal life because of any good works that we do. All the religions of the world <coughs> all have one thing in common, and that is salvation or hope for any kind of future is based on what we do, what people do. Every religion in the world can be summed up by that word do. Do this, do that. But Christianity is not that way. Christianity is all based on the word done. It has already been done. When Jesus hung on the cross, he said it is finished and he meant that the work was done and so we believe in his finished work for us we don't say okay now Jesus you set a good example I'm going to try to imitate you I'm going to try to live like you did so that I'll be acceptable no the we are accepted in the beloved. We are accepted in Christ. And we're not accepted because of our works. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And Jesus says, the Father gives life. I give life. He gives us life from spiritual deadness, and then he gives us eternal 
everlasting life so that we live with him forever. And so he says, I'm equal to the Father because of the nature that I have, because of the works that I do, and because of the honor that I receive, because of the position that I have, the authority that I have. And then he says, For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. And listen to this, That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. And whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. And by the way, I mean Jesus is sticking his finger in the eye of every, of every religious leader of his day. Because they believed that they were, were working so hard to be good enough to keep the law so that they would be accepted by God. They would never have thought of calling God their father. How, how radical it was when Jesus taught his disciples to pray and started the prayer with our father father but he says God has given life to the son to give and God has given all judgment to the son it says the father is not the judge the son is the judge and when when the son judges his judgment is righteous, it's right, and it's final. There is no appeal. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Most people in the world today do not honor the Son. And there are many, many people who have some kind of picture, image, idea of God, and they say, uh, we, we worship God. No, you cannot worship the true and living God unless you worship the Son of God. That's just clear here. Jesus just made it clear. He said, whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. And truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Jesus is saying here, I am divine. I am one with the Father. I am equal to the Father. The Father and I are one. And if you love the Father, you must love me. And if you love me, you love the Father. And I will give to you eternal life. Whoever believes and whoever hears my word and believes in me will have eternal life. Most people... Right here in Glen Heights and DeSoto, Lancaster, all around this area. 
most of the people that live in our area believe there is a God. There are a few atheists probably scattered around, but most, even a lot of atheists really believe there's a God. But there are multitudes of pictures, ideas in people's mind of, of what God is like. And you ask people, I've asked atheists before, and they say, I don't believe in God. I said, what, what kind of God do you not believe in? What God do you not believe in? And many times they describe some God that I don't believe in either. They say, well, I don't believe in a Santa Claus in the sky who hands out presents to good boys and girls and gives ashes to the bad ones. I say, well, I don't believe in that God either. So we can agree on that. And I say, well, I don't believe in a God who uh, throws lightning bolts down and causes. I say, I don't believe in that God either. But I tell you, the God I do believe in, the God who is expressed by Jesus Christ. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And he asks that to all of us. And he asked that to everybody. Not what kind of God do you have in your mind, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? And that's really the only question that determines. Jesus said, whoever hears my word and believes in me. And the one who sent me, to them I give eternal life. What do you believe about Jesus? I love the songs we sing about Jesus. One of my very, very favorite hymns is, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. And I had somebody in a church I pastored before I came here who said, I just don't think it's right to say you love Jesus. And I say, how could you not love Jesus? And I do love Jesus. And I trust him, and I believe his word, and I believe that he is God in the flesh, born in a miraculous way, lived in a constant dependence upon the Father, died as a substitute for my sin on the cross, rose victoriously from the grave, and someday is coming back again to establish his kingdom right here on this earth that he created. What do you believe about Jesus? Those who do not believe, the Bible says, they're, they're already condemned. They're already under condemnation. But you can pass from condemnation to justification, from death into life, by trusting, believing in Jesus Christ as the divine Son of God who died and rose again for your salvation. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you today for Jesus. And Lord Jesus, we honor and we worship you because we know that those who honor you honor the Father. And that if we do not honor you, we're not believers. We're not honoring the Father. And Father, I pray for those who are here today who've heard these passages read who may still not believe in the Son. And if that's the case in anybody's heart who's here today, Father, I pray that you will turn their hearts, give them the gift of believing in you and help them cry out and come to the Son so that they can come to the Father. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.